0: Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown, I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. We're going to start off this week with the juiciest daily fantasy game of the week, Walt, the Red River River Rivalry, Texas-Oklahoma. How about it?
1: I'm excited for this one. I'm a big Texas fan, big Longhorn. Me and Mr. McConaughey were big Longhorns fans. This game every year is on my schedule, on my slate of games I'm going to watch. You know, it's played at the Texas State Fair, Woj. Texas State Fair. There's going to be a lot of people here, and they're going to be excited.
0: Yeah, Cotton Bowl in uh, Dallas. The game's at 11 a.m. Central Time on Fox.
1: Hey, you know how many people are going to be there that are Texas fans, Woj? You know what percentage? A lot? I I don't know. How well does Oklahoma travel, Walt? Well, there's going to be 50% of them, Woj. It's pretty easy because they give 50% of the tickets to Texas, 50% of the tickets to Oklahoma, and I'm guessing neither of those fans are selling their ticket to someone else. It's actually real interesting because they divide all the tickets at the 50-yard line. So on one side of the 50-yard line will be the Texas fans. On the other side of the 50-yard line will be the Oklahoma fans, and you'll see it if you watch this game.
0: That's probably beneficial in some cases. I'm assuming this is pretty – it's a pretty brutal rivalry and a long one at
1: that. It is. It goes back a long time. Some of you might know it as the shootout, which it actually started as, and they changed it because they didn't want it to be anything gun-related. Then it was changed to the Red River Rivalry, which people don't have you know, easy time saying, so then they just changed it to the showdown, in my opinion, so it's easier to say. Yeah, Texas is getting 12 in this one, over under at 75,
0: holy moly. Um, Texas plus uh, 311 on the money line?
1: Plus 311 on the money line, Woj. That is something to look at right there. I mean, Texas has covered six of their last seven spreads, last year being the exception, you know, Oklahoma was a tough team last year. The average spread in this series, you know, going back the past seven or eight years is 12. The average score differential at the end of the game, only nine and a half. That means these handicappers are not getting this game right. They're not respecting this rivalry and how close it is because the teams just come to play no matter who's the better team. You know, you take out Texas, which was a 13 and a half point I should say you take out Texas's blowout of Oklahoma, which they were a 13 and a half point underdog in this game and they blew out Oklahoma in 2012. You're at an average, you know, score differential of eight. That's crazy. And right now you got to spread at 12. That's something you got to look at when you're in the, you know, the gambling atmosphere. It's you need to look at these stats. There's a big difference, you know, between one and two scores when you look at a spread, for example, this spreads at 12, that's a two score spread. If the spread's at eight, you know, that's a one-score spread. There's a big difference. So I think Texas is something to look at here. I think the cappers have tunnel vision. I think
0: their tunnel vision set in one thing. It's called Jalen Hurts. Oh, you're proud <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but base, basically, uh, let's just get right into daily fantasy in this game because this is a juicy game at 75 um, over under. And the spread being at, like we talked about, Texas plus 12. So in my mini episode, mini episode four, we did when we talked about DraftKings earlier this week, we talked about implied points. So the implied points in this matchup right now is Texas 31.5 and Oklahoma 43.5. That's a lot of points. So that's, you know, potential for big day in DraftKings for these guys. You know, the the unfortunate thing is, is DraftKings has found out, you know, they realized this and they priced a lot of their guys pretty high. Uh, For instance, Jalen Hurts, quarterback for Oklahoma is at 9,000 which is a little less than what he had been at previously but there are so many top tier high potential quarterbacks in the afternoon slate of games in DraftKings where I think they had to go back to tonight they had to dial them back a little bit but 1,500 yards 14 TDs 500 yards rushing five TDs rushing uh, that's just a lot of play he had an off week last week versus Kansas well 36.8 points that's all he scored Only, I mean come on
1: yeah, they were looking rough there at the beginning. Obviously, they turned it on, and so did he at the end.
0: Yeah, but even for an off week, scoring thirty six point eight points, that's just nuts. Um, so, I mean, he's just one of those guys that you, I mean, you have to either bite the bullet and take the nine thousand, or you know, try to get lucky with somebody else. But in this game, especially, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. Um, another guy you can match up with them in a wide receiver role is Charleston Rambo, and we've we've talked about Rambo before. He's 6,400. He's the cheaper cheaper option at running back this week. He's risky though because while they spread the ball around a lot at Oklahoma, 13 receivers
1: last week caught a pass. Uh, that's not good for Rambo. No, and they, there is no receiver that caught more than two passes. Woj, so maybe he'll get a big one though. Is that what you're thinking?
0: Uh, That's the, I mean, that's what you'd have to hope for in that if you're going to pick Rambo. So I'm going to steer clear of Rambo. The guy I'm going to go with and I'm most impressed with in this, this matchup at wide receiver is Devin Duverney from Texas at 7,400. Still a little expensive. Um, but 53 uh, targets on the season. He's hauled in 45, which is the most out of any wide receiver in this slate of games. Um, not the most targets, but the most hauls in at 45 on this slate of games believe it or not the most targets is I think 62 and that's the Michigan State wide receiver uh, but we won't be picking him this week as they're playing
1: Wisconsin no stay away from Wisconsin we're actually you know a game we're looking at Woj and I'm not really excited about it but Iowa State you gotta look at them this week right
0: uh, it, it, yeah for sure I mean again one of those teams we're looking at a 53 over under Iowa State's giving 10 and a half, but They've been putting up good numbers, really good numbers, especially Brock Purdy. I mean, if you're not going to take Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy's a good
1: option. Hey, Brock Purdy is a great option, in my opinion. You know, he's passing for 1,500 yards, ton, 10 touchdowns in five games. Again, I'm not the DraftKings expert, but that seems like that's going to get you some points. For sure. Yeah, and he's a dual threat, too, Wall. Like,
0: he likes to run the ball in. So in that, and those are the guys you need to, you know, make money in DraftKings.
1: Hey, I'm looking at the spread in this game, though, because, you know, it kind of makes sense. The line was set low for this one. West Virginia squeaked by Kansas and Jane Madison, you know, earlier in the season. They lost to a questionable Missouri team, and obviously they lost to Texas. But um, I'm thinking this is probably a, a hangover, you know, from the Texas game last week, maybe, from West Virginia. That's why it's at ten and a half. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you, but it's something that's caught my attention. You know, Kendall for West Virginia, he threw four interceptions last game. If it happens this game, Iowa State covers this spread real easy. You can't throw four interceptions in a game and expect to do that on a consistent basis and win games. So Iowa State, I'm really liking them here, and I'm guessing you're not going with Kendall on your fantasy team, Definitely not. I'm taking Brock Purdy. Wall, Brock Purdy at eight thousand. He's a little.
0: He's a, not not the most expensive quarterback in the slate, but he's solid. We already talked about that. Went over the yards, and I'm going to match him up with. Oh, Iowa State wide receiver to DeShante Jones. He's only got one T D on the year. Uh, but he's scored his value in almost every single game he's played this year, if not, you know, gone well over his value. He's got thirty seven catches and forty six targets, so he gets the ball quite a bit. And you know, we talked about in the mini episode, point per reception is huge. So I'm gonna take Deshante Jones and then Brock Purdy, I'm gonna combo that wall.
1: Hey, you're the expert, baby. You know, in this Washington State game, I'm guessing you're going to have some wide receivers I'm sure you'll tell us about, but what I'm looking at in this game is another one-point spread, Woj. One-point spread. This is what we like, right?
0: I, I love those one-point spreads. We talked about that
1: last week, too. We did, because we love when we see them, and it just makes us happy. It means it's going to be a close game. We're going to get to watch some football action, which is what we love, to be honest with you, but um, it's basically a pick them The way the spread's moving on this game, up and down, you know, Arizona state favored, Washington state favored. It's really going to be a pick 'em when it comes down to it, in my opinion. Over-under, sitting at 58, not real high, not real low. It's you know, probably a goalie lock's number right there. But Arizona State, as I mentioned, they opened, actually, as the underdogs. The line's moving you know, steadily up. But it's unusual kind of for the public to be betting up a ranked team or an unranked team over a ranked team. Usually it works the other way around. So it's kind of an unusual line move. That'll probably lead me to stay away from this one. But it's going to be a real exciting game. It is well, and I'm going to go a little
0: bit more into that over under and that spread too. It it is a Washington state team that loves to spread the ball around and go crazy. Anthony Gordon's at 8,200. Here's the thing about Anthony Gordon, why he's at 8,200. If most of you don't know who Anthony Gordon is, he's the Washington state quarterback who has the most yards right now, as far as passing and most touchdowns in college football. Um, so you're asking well why isn't he more than Jalen Hurts? Why why are all these other things? He's 8200. He had a rough game against Utah his last game out. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is why it's dropping his price. Uh the guy's got over 2000 yard like we talked about over 2000 yards, 22 TDs. Uh you remember that UCLA game wall? Holy crap, that was a that was a game. He scored 60.9 points on DraftKings that week. I mean, I don't expect him to score 60 points this week, but I see a bounce back week happening from his poor performance against Utah, especially after coming off of a buy. Um, and then going into why I think that over unders at 58 and the point spreads where it's at is because of Arizona state and what they're going to do on offense. And I think their offense is going to be really con really huddled around Ninu Benjamin. He had a slow start to the season, but in the last two games, he's had five TDs. I think he could have a huge outing here. They're going to run the ball a little bit more. They're going to waste some clock. I think that's Arizona State's plan coming into this game. Um, so if you want to throw out some dough, throw out some dough for Eno Benjamin at running back at 7,500. I know it's a lot, especially with the high-profile quarterbacks that are out there, but I think he'll be worth it this year, especially
1: uh, against the Washington State team. Well, Woj, I guess I was wrong. He didn't have any wide receivers in that game, is it? Because Washington State spreads the ball out so much, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, Gordon just throws the ball to about every. State. Literally, he just sees ants running out there and he just throws them, and he doesn't care who it is. It just just throws it out there. They just they spread the ball way too much for me to pick a Washington State wide receiver, and they're, and they're valued way too high. Makes sense from a strategy standpoint.
1: I, I I guess I will stay away from the wide receivers on Washington State, even though I think everyone in our fantasy league has at least one wide receiver on their team.
0: I kind of want to go over a couple games too, just in the afternoon slate. Is Texas Tech and Baylor, three PM. Uh, the over under is fifty eight point five. Baylor's giving eleven. John Lovett from Baylor, he's a running back. This would be the only guy he'd consider in this game, by the way. Um, he's five thousand. Um, so Texas Tech doesn't have much of a run D and Baylor moves the wall, ball well on the ground uh, is issue is they spread the ball around a lot. They have more of a running back by committee. It's not even a running back by committee. They just spread the ball around a lot in the running game, which is kind of, odd. but five different players have at least 17 carries in their team. Um, you know, love it does has carried it 42 times in the season as 312 yards and at 5,000, that kind of looks really good on paper. But, again, they're probably going to be ahead in this game. I look them to kind of spread that wealth around. So that's a risky pick in my mind. Um, Even in a tournament format, it's still a risky pick, even if he does kind of pop off because he's not going to go four touchdowns deep and, you know, 200 yards in the game. So that's still a risky pick. As far as a value pick in, in a cash game, it's a possibility.
1: Yeah, I like it, Woj. How about my boys at Georgia Tech? You know, I love to hammer the under on these guys. Do you see any value on the game, Georgia Tech at Duke, any value in any of those players? Um, kind of, yes. Uh,
0: Jordan Mason from Georgia Tech, their running back, he's at 5,400. Uh, he's struggled the last few games, but has 57 carries in the year. You know, they like to run it. They like to run the option as well. Um, I, I like that, that as a value pick against a Duke team. Um, a lot of people are overhyping Duke and their defense and all that, but uh, I think Georgia Tech kind of runs that over. Uh, I do like Jordan Mason. Um, as far as anybody else in this game, Quentin Harris, the quarterback for Duke at 7,800, it's pretty expensive. So there was once a day wall back in the day, I used to bank on Duke quarterbacks. Uh, being highly undervalued Well, that that day is, has gone by this year they've been <laughs> overvalued Quentin Harris is, is is way overpriced I think he is playing against the weak Georgia Tech team would be a risky tournament pick here but a good tournament pick um, I think people overlook Quentin Harris when they're picking people in, in tournament play just because I think people forget Duke actually has another sports team other than basketball
1: Well, that's probably part of the problem. Coach K would be happy to know that you respect their basketball program. But with as much as Georgia Tech holds the ball and milks the clock, I think any Duke player would be a tough player to take because they're not going to get that many opportunities. Again, Georgia Tech has that triple option, milk the clock, Duke's offense doesn't get on the field. You know, it's probably one of the reasons you would avoid Harris, I would assume too, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, we talked about that in the mini episode where, you know, time of possession. We talked about Navy and how they kind of run a similar offense as Georgia Tech, where it doesn't even matter who they play. The You're just not going to get a lot of time to score. Score, But, I mean, if you do want to take Quentin Harris, like I said, it be a risky tournament pick that might pan off because a lot of people usually don't like to take new quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> well, as far as wide receivers, I know you got to be taking somebody in the Bama game. I can almost.
0: <laughs> yes, my six thousand, my six thousand dollar wide receivers. I love them all. They're great. Go. So Bama at Texas A&M, two thirty on CBS afternoon slate of games over under sixty one. Bama's giving sixteen. Let's talk about Devante Smith. <laughs> He's at sixty five hundred. He's the cheapest of the three, uh, three headed monster over there with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. Hopefully, draft the guy that sets the the, the pricing on DraftKings doesn't listen to our podcast wall because you watch all the Alabama receivers next week, it'll all be like over 7,000. But two weeks ago, you know, they had a bye last week, so two weeks ago, I had picked Devontae Smith and we picked him up at 5,900, scored 71.4 points on DraftKings. Um, and that was their last game. So he's not still getting that much love. Uh, I mean, a Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy are good, and any one, three of those guys can pop off. And Devontae Smith did obviously pop off two weeks ago. But the guy's got 537 yards and eight TDs. Leads of the Crimson Tide in both of those categories. So, again, I like Devontae Smith. I'm going to keep riding those. And I've said it, if they're at or around 6,000, I'm taking them. So, Devontae Smith, you're on my team this week again. Uh, the only other person in this game that I would probably consider taking would be Jasham Ashbourne from the wide receiver from AM. He's 5,700. I like him at that price. I just don't like him in the matchup. You know, that being said, he's the most targeted receiver in AM. That's why I like him on the price. Uh, let's take the Clemson game, for instance, where he pulled in seven and the Auburn game where he pulled in eight. In the Auburn game, he scored over 20 points. So, again, I do like him. I just don't like him in this matchup. Uh, he hasn't been getting as many TDs or the yards to back it up with the with the targets but uh, and I I, again I don't see him
1: doing this uh, against an Alabama secondary hey you're talking about him playing the number one team in the nation that's not an easy task for anyone and as far as the top 10 teams we get a top 10 matchup with Florida and LSU this week I want to talk about this game this game is going to be a good one 7 p.m ESPN it's on your night slate so people can get some players if they want but it's in Baton Rouge Crowd's going to be going nuts. People are going to be going nuts. I mean, you got LSU sitting as a 12-and-a-half point favorite and over-under a 55-and-a-half. There's going to be some defense in this game, but there might also be some scoring. It's what I like to call a something's got to give game, Woj. You know why I call it that? Why, wall? It's pretty simple because both teams are undefeated. Someone's got to get a loss. Whoever wins this game, they're going to move up in the polls and they're going to have some bragging rights. Let me tell you, LSU undefeated on un- just crushing everyone. Average points for 55. Average points against 20. You know, they didn't. We're going to put in quotes, dominate Texas. But that whole game, if you remember it, you could tell who's going to win that game. LSU was going to win that game. Texas played well, but LSU was the better team that night. Florida also undefeated, played six games already in as many weeks in the season you know, they played that first week, I guess, that was a – what do we call that? I don't even remember what we call it. I hate it. The week before the opening week. Uh, yeah, the, the zero week, week zero. Week zero, what you got? That's what we call it. It's week stupid in my opinion. Get rid of it. Play with the rest of the teams in my opinion. But still, they've played six games as many weeks. They haven't really had a technical buy, so they've had a lot of competition. They're coming off a big win against Auburn last week, which I'm sure everyone who listens to the podcast saw. You know, they beat Miami, Florida, who's – questionable Kentucky pretty good team Florida has a resume you know I had this game pegged at 14 it opened around there but a lot of money started coming in on Florida a lot of money came in on Florida so I'd I'd have to lean towards LSU in this one well they're just crushing teams I don't see Florida's a better team than they've played so far other than maybe Texas but I I don't see them not crushing Florida to be honest with you I'm with you all Uh, so I'm excited about this game too
0: but this is more of a blog game as far as fantasy, uh, daily fantasy goes. Because like you said, there's possibly going to be points scored, but it's just not going to be at the, the level I think LSU has been scoring. In Florida it hasn't really had to deal with this kind of defense yet. I don't know. So, you know, Florida is one of those teams that no matter who they're playing, I just try to stay away from them in daily fantasy. Uh, their D is good, um, and they're going. Their offense is terrible, <laughs> with especially with Felipe Franks out. They have tra- uh, Kyle Trask in there, and he he's possibly nursing a knee injury from last week against Auburn. Um,
1: Mullen said it was a dirty hit. He got his his own tackle fell on. Uh, him. <laughs> well, that was so ridiculous. You know, he kind of took back his words, but you know, if you're a coach, you need to keep your mouth shut until you know what's going on. But yeah, he he blamed. Auburn for giving a dirty hit on his quarterback, and his own offensive lineman fell into him. It was quite ridiculous. Hey, listen, I'm all
0: for LSU, too, and this new offense is crazy, and it's fun to watch. Um, But if you want to drink the purple stuff and and think the new improved Tigers will tear Florida a new one, take Justin Jefferson at 7,000. He's the wide receiver for LSU. He's got 30 catches on the year, and he has a staggering. And those 30 catches, a staggering 547 yards and seven TDs. It's a lot of yards for 30 carries. They get chunk, they get yards and chunks, and he knows what to do with the ball after he catches it well.
1: Woj, how about another one of those night games? Actually starts half an hour before the Florida LSU game. USC, Notre Dame. I don't care what year it is, 2012, 2013, 2019. This is an exciting game one fans like to watch. I know a lot of people out there hate Notre Dame, and they're gonna be saying, oh, Notre Dame doesn't play anyone, that's what we always hear, but this is gonna be an exciting game to watch. You're gonna watch two good teams play each other. You got a spread, might not be indicative of that. USC's getting 11 points, which is a lot for this series. Over-unders at 58. You know, it, This spread came out at 11 and it's really just sat there. No one wants to take money on either side, really, or they're just getting half money on one side, half money on the other side, and the you know, books don't care to move it.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a little chilly there in uh, South Bend, fifty de- or it's going to be sub fifty degrees at game time. It's going to be a, a culture shock for the USC players where they're coming from Los Angeles, and on Saturday in Los Angeles, it's supposed to be eighty-two
1: at game time. Oof, that is that's pretty cold, Bojan. That's probably you know people don't realize that, but that's probably why this over/under is sitting at fifty-eight rather than sixty because of that exact fact you just mentioned. Other people might not realize it does have an impact on these over, under, and point spreads. But this series in particular has just been dominated by the home team. Obviously, Notre Dame, it's in South Bend this year. They're the home team. But last year was really the only exception to this. Um, USC team coming off, you know, they beat Utah earlier this year. Other than that, they've not really been impressive to me. Have you watched a lot of their games, Loges? They play late at night sometimes. Yeah, I mean,
0: so so they've had the issues at quarterback wall, and we get that. Um, it looks like, by the way, for fantasy uh, people out there, and we're going to talk about it a little bit in daily here too, Calden Solvis is going to be getting the start. So he's back. Matt Frick is out. Uh, or, or excuse me, Matt Fink is out. So here's my thoughts on this. So he's 6,200. He'd be a great option if uh, if you don't believe in Florida's D and you want to take Joe Burrow anyways, because Joe Burrow's expensive and Solvis is pretty cheap at 6,200 and he's, to be honest, he's not a terrible quarterback. Wall, um, but the thing about it is is if uh, he doesn't pop off right away or something happens, I mean he's just coming off the IR. I don't see them uh, having any issue putting Matt uh, think back back in right away, like right away.
1: No, and you got to remember these both these guys are replacing J.T. Daniels, right? Well, what you got injured at the beginning of the season, It's obviously off the yeah, rest of the season. Yeah. So you're talking about two backup quarterbacks in itself. But no, I think either one of them can come in and play. I'm just a, I'm a little worried about this USC team though, because you know Washington beat them by two touchdowns the last game they played. Uh, USC's actually coming off a bye week; they didn't play last week, but the week before Washington beat them by two touchdowns. You know that, that if you're a USC football team, you don't you don't want to lose to anyone by two touchdowns, especially a Washington team who's good, but has been a little shaky. You know, Notre Dame, they might as well have it bye week last week. They just bowled over Bowling Green, excuse my pun, but they won 52 to nothing. You know, that, that that's a big score. You mentioned a couple episodes ago, Woj, at least I believe you did, about how Notre Dame's got to come out and kill teams. That's what they did last week. And I'm thinking they're going to be trying to do the same thing to USC this week. Their average points for 41, average points against 15. It's quite a disparity so far early in the season. Well, about halfway through the season. USC can't say the same thing. Their average points for 29, average points against 25. Those are some close games, and they're barely winning those close games. So Notre Dame has a big edge in this game, and that's definitely something I'd be looking at this week. Yeah. And so here's, so we talked about Solvis, and it's a
0: decent option to take, especially if you pick up Joe Burrow, just because he's so cheap, he's starting. The, the plays per game in this, in USC's identity, by the way, is, is a high play per game offense. That's their, that's what they're looking for. That's what you're trying to go for. They just really haven't been able to do it without JT Daniels efficiently enough. Notre Dame's plays per game is at 62.4. That ranks them 124th in college football. Well, that's not good. Um, that's just their identity. So I would try to stay away from as many people as possible in this game. Again, Solvis, we told you the reason why to pick him up. If you do, don't believe in Florida's D. Um, If you wanted a decently cheap running back, Tony Jones from Notre Dame is cheap. He's 55 attempts in the year, averaging 6.9 yards per carry. Um, They're not going to be playing a Georgia team that has a big, huge up front line, so they might be able to, you know, blow by USC's line and slow the game down a little bit more, like they like to do. Um, so he's not a bad option, especially at the 5200 price point. Wall, big game here. We got Penn State coming to Connect at Iowa at 6:30 on AB, 6:30 p.m. on
1: ABC. Wall, what happens to teams when they come to Iowa at night? They get eaten alive, Woj. You come to. Iowa to get eaten alive in a night game I mean Kinnick gonna be blowing up you know those fans are gonna be out there 5 a.m starting to cheer on their Hawkeyes they're playing a good team though Woj actually I was only getting three and a half in this game which does surprise me a little bit considering how good Penn State is but I mean over under on this game 41 it's gonna be defensive oriented Penn State has been scoring points so you may be wondering hey how do we have an over under at 41? If Penn State has been put up, well, if I'll just run through it, 79 points, 45 points, 10 points in that close pick game, for those of you that remember. But next game, they came right out, put up 59, put up 35. And we have an over-under at 41. What's that all about? I'll tell you what it's about. You just mentioned it, Woj. They're coming to Iowa, coming to Kinnick to get eaten alive. That's what it's about. It,
0: yeah, it is. It's crazy. So I, I want to kind of go over some – some stats about the game real quick. Well, so Penn state comes into this game at 69.2 plays per game. Iowa comes into this game at 68.2 plays per game. Penn state's at 457 yards per game. Iowa's at 424 yards per game. Even after that
1: dreadful of a game yeah. they played
0: last week against Michigan.
1: Well, we don't need to mention that it's going to make me angry the rest of the night. Yeah. Or puke. One of the two.
0: That's true. Um, Points allowed per game, 7.5 for Penn State. For Iowa, 8.8. And yards allowed, 264.2 yards a game for Penn State and 250 yards, five yards for Iowa. This game is so close on paperwall, it's absolutely disgusting. The only thing I could see different here that would be a widely different stat would be points scored per game because Penn State just seems to be able to get in the end zone a lot more than the Hawkeyes do. Um Here's the thing as far as fantasy goes, daily fantasy goes. I'm going to say three little phrases here. For One is yikes. Two is run away. Three is revert your eyes. <laughs> you don't want to touch this game. Well, uh, we're at Iowa at night. New Jersey's good defenses. Um, you know, all I can see in my head is last week's eight sacks against Nate Stanley. And, like, like, I mean, we're coming to a Penn State team that leads the nation in sacks. So that's not that's not good to look at. Um, you know, Penn State's offense isn't bad, but as soon as they see the famous pink locker room and connect at night,
1: uh, that's a big gamble. You know what, Woj? I think you bring up a good point when you mentioned how Penn State leads the nation in sacks because this is really not going to be good for Iowa. They had – Awful. I know I said we weren't going to talk about it because it make me mad, but I, hey, I'm going to have to be mad the rest of the night. Last week, their offensive play calling was just horrendous. If they don't run the ball a little bit this week, a little bit, I say, they're going to get eaten alive. I mean, they're going to get sacked on every play. Penn State is just going to bring the pressure. The peer, what does is, what is Madden used to say? you know, pin their ears behind their head. What was that phrase on the Madden game mode? You remember by chance? I can't,
0: I can't even remember. I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah, figure,
1: I can't, yeah. I can't pin it down though. But that's exactly what it'll be, whatever it was. I think it was pin their ears behind their head or something. I don't know, ridiculous that Madden said, but it's going to be true in this instance because Penn State is going to sack Iowa a number of times if they can't get a running game going of some sort, or at least throwing some running plays so that they're not coming with their ears pinned back.
0: Yeah, well, their offensive line just needs to get better. Uh, they need to be able to run the ball. You saw, and we talked about this last week, uh, Wisconsin was able to run all over Michigan, manhandle their defensive front. And it, it seemed the the reverse in the Michigan versus Iowa game. It looked like our offensive line hadn't played a peewee football game, uh, let alone a college-level football game. So it, it comes down to being able to get Sergeant. Some carries, some good carries, opening up the field. Um, if they want to have a chance at this game, especially at home under the uh, the Iowa faithful.
1: Hey, well, I respect Penn State. I I said myself in the beginning of this that I thought three and a half was a little low for Iowa to beginning, but this is really going to be the first team that they they play. You know, this is a Iowa football team. They're good. This is the first time we have a chance to see Penn State. You know, play someone real good. They played Pitt well close game but Pitt's not the kind of team Iowa is they also play Buffalo from the Mac who's a good team in my opinion well but we're not talking about an Iowa team so we're going to see what Penn State's made of in this game for another side
0: note wall on the night slate we haven't really gone over too many quarterbacks that we could take um, but Jamie Newman of Wake Forest at 7800 I like this play way more than I like Joe Burrow uh, just because I respect the Florida defense, and the, uh, even if Joe Burrow does get a couple of touchdowns, I don't think he makes his value. Um, you know, he he has so far 33.08 average, and is a consistent quarterback. He he's hitting his value in games, and he's consistently right around 33 you know, 40 points. Sometimes he'll go down to like 28, but he doesn't dip too low and he doesn't go crazy high. He's just a really good, consistent quarterback. Would build your team around this guy, especially if you're going to do a 50-50 or any of the other cash games. Like this is a guy to build your team around for sure.
1: Well, after listening to your mini so this week, I know that quarterbacks are very important to have, Woj. You got to have quarterbacks. Really? There's no super flex, right? Only two quarterbacks? Just two quarterbacks. Super flex is a lie. It's a lie. Well, take Jamie Newman. Woj has it for you. But what I'm more interested in from you, Woj, is what are you doing this week for the Woj Wall Pick'em?
0: Yeah, so last week didn't go so well for me. It went good for you. You had uh, Cincinnati plus four, and they they got that. I had Iowa plus three and a half, and that just did not look good. Uh, We won't talk about that anymore. But this week, so while you're four and two, I'm two and four going into this week. I'm taking Texas plus 12 because I feel like Texas – I feel like we, like what we talked about, the cappers are kind of tunnel-visioned on Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's going to have a test here. And we've already seen Texas be able to at least stay in the game with LSU or near it, um, even though we'd, LSU looked like the, they were going to win that game nonetheless. But I think Texas is going to be able to stick with Oklahoma, if not just get it done entirely. We talked about that that money line at plus 311. Um, so, I like Texas at plus
1: 12. That's a good pick, in my opinion, as you and I kind of talked about a little bit. I, I'm liking that. it's It was at 10.5 before, and I saw it move to 12, and I was like, oh, man. But Woj already had that one, so I had to go somewhere else with my pick. We didn't really get a chance to talk about this game, but I'm taking Virginia plus 2.5. You know, Miami's coming off a loss at home to Virginia Tech. Virginia's a better team, in my opinion. This line really doesn't make sense to me. I. I Don't know what the hell the handicappers are thinking, to be honest with you. Nikosi Perry is uh, starting for the injured Jaron Williams on Miami, so maybe they think that's going to bring a little hype to the Miami team, but I think Virginia is just a plain better team, and they're getting two and a half. So that's what I'm taking this week, Woj. I'm
0: hoping I get a win, Wall, because I sure as hell need one at two and four, or you're at four and two. So uh, hopefully it's a better week for
1: me this week. Hey, I'm, I'm cheering for you, Woj. My boys, the Longhorns. Go Longhorns. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at
0: WWCFB. Our Instagram's is college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj.
1: I'm Walt. And
0: this was the College Football Rundown. We're out.